Um, if this is the one that's going streaming out, what a handsome guy that Tom is, because really, I just, great boss, what a wonderful human being. If it's not the one that's streaming, I'll do it again next service. Okay. But let's start, if you don't mind, I'd like to open in prayer uh, and just ask God to be on uh, what I'm going to say, what you're going to hear, and that we would just lift Tom and Karen as they're away from us today. Lord God, we thank you for this day. And uh, Father God, we just thank you for this awesome music that brought us into your presence today. We thank you for this beautiful sunshine we have outside. Father God, we lift Karen and Pastor Tom to you right now. We ask that you would be renewing them and restoring them and refreshing them, Father. And we thank you for them. Lord God, we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds and our ears to hear what you would say to us today. Not what I would say, but what your Holy Spirit would say. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, last week, actually, I'm going to back this up. Well, last week, Pastor Tom started a series called Extravagant Welcome. Extravagant Welcome. Now, I don't know about you, but where I come from, I'm not used to hearing those two words together, right? When was the last time you heard Extravagant Welcome, right? We've heard, what's that? Last Sunday. I need security in the first row, please. (laughs) Seth, get a hold of your dad. Extravagant welcome is not something we use usually. We, we, We do an extravagant lifestyle, right? If you watch like HGTV, you might see an extravagant house that someone built, this multi gajillion dollar house that overlooks the ocean, but never really much of an extravagant life uh, welcome. So I wanted to kind of back up a little bit here and look and see what that really means. What does extravagant welcome really mean? So I'm a person who loves words and like to know where they came from and what they're about. So let's go first with uh, extravagant. And I love this, uh, this definition. There were about four definitions, and I picked this one out because I thought it was awesome. Generosity to the point of excessive or wasteful. What a great way to worship God, right? Generous in our spirit to the point of excessive, even wasteful. That's awesome. That's good stuff. That's outflowing. That's outpouring. That's filled to overflowing. And that's cool. And welcome is a kindly greeting or reception as to one whose arrival gives pleasure. It's not just saying hi. It's that there's an anticipation there, right? We are looking forward to someone, and that person who came gives us pleasure. We're excited to see them. So as we look, and as as we as a church body gather together every Sunday, there are people who come in that that maybe haven't come here for a a while. Maybe there's people who come that are brand new. And if you are one of our guests today, I just want to say, again, Pastor Colin, welcome to you. I want to say a special welcome to you, because we believe here that our guests are gifts from God. You guys are truly gifts for God. Even, even that just this little hour and a half that we'll spend together, you make it worth coming today. All of you do. You guys are great. One of my favorite welcomes, I love going to international airports and seeing welcomes in all the different languages. I don't know why. I'm just weird that way. But different languages thrill me, and I just think it's pretty cool. And one of my favorite welcomes in the world is the Hungarian welcome, which is Isten Hozo. And it means, translated literally, means God brought you. Is that the coolest thing? It was great when we were in Budapest and I'm walking down the street and people have welcome mats that say, Ishten Hozot. There is such a purpose there, isn't there? God brought you here. 
That's some cool stuff. And I believe today, Ishten Hozot, God brought you. God brought us here to be here together. And so we're going to learn how today to prepare our house, how to prepare the church, how to prepare ourselves to welcome people in an extravagant, wonderful way. First, I'd like to read from Ephesians 1. And uh, Ephesians is a, is a book, it was a, actually a letter written to a church in Ephesus by a guy named Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. And he, and he goes on, and I love the way Paul writes, because when he writes a letter, now when we write letters, like we write letters anymore, uh, when we pen our email, it's hey. And half the time we don't even say hey anymore, or hi, or whatever. But Paul starts it out with, Praise to the Lord of his glorious grace and our God the Father Almighty. You just love that. That just prepares the mood, doesn't it? And he, he goes on with that and then he says, To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sin, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished. On us. I love that word, lavished on us. He didn't just give us a little bit, he got extravagant with it, didn't he? He lavished that out with generosity. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. We are meant to be in unity under Christ through the lavish outpouring. He uses two phrases there. He uses lavish and he uses freely given. Freely given doesn't mean he just gave you a little chunk for today. It means he opened wide those floodgates and they are flooding. If you were here for part of the filled series, I love the, uh, the picture that Pastor Tom had put up there for the field series. And it, and it was a cup with water just bubbling over it. And that's the way God fills us, to bubbling over, to spill out to others. And so I thought I'd give you, originally I was thinking, man, I've experienced some welcomes that are not extravagant, right? I mean, you guys have done that before, right? Have you ever gone to like, maybe you've been invited to a home, not that we're judging, Maybe you've been invited to a home for dinner or you've been invited somewhere for a day and you walk in and you go, was I supposed to be here today? You know, you're tripping over kids' toys and there's like a half a cookie on the ground still and you're crunching through the Cheerios as you walk through the house and, and, and that's all cool. And if that's the way, you know, you welcome your guests, free Cheerios. All right, that's awesome. But we've all been there, right? But I thought, you know, rather than just focus on that, let's go to some positives. And I wanted to give you two really cool examples of extravagant welcome as we apply these to our life. And the first one is a, is a story that many of us have heard before from the book of Luke. And this comes right as Jesus is right in the middle of his ministry. People know about him. People hear about him. And they go to the villages where he is. They, they want to see him. And on this particular uh, time on this particular event, he, he shows up at a Pharisee's house named Simon. Simon asks him in for dinner, and, and they're, they're sitting there having a meal together. And this is what happens. A woman in the town who lived a sinful life, now we don't know this lady's name, right? For 2,000 years we've been reading the Bible, and then we've been calling her the woman that lives a sinful life. How's that for a name tag, you know? 
Hi, you are the guy that lived the sinful life in the town. You know? So we, we understand that this woman has a reputation here. And she comes in. And she learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stooped behind him at his feet, weeping, she she began to wet his feet with her tears. And she wiped them with her hair. She kissed them and poured perfume on them. And and most of us have heard this story before. But if you haven't, let let me refresh you a little bit. That alabaster jar of perfume was probably three or four months worth of her salary back then. Can you imagine taking three or four months of your salary and spending it to wash someone's feet? Now, it was common back then that as you entered someone's house, they would usually have a bowl there with some water and some towels so that you could wash your feet because when you're walking through the desert in sandals, your feet get kind of funky, right? And... So you would wash your feet, and there would usually be oil to anoint, especially if it was a special guest. You would always anoint with oil. And, and so this woman is, is performing this act, and of course there's a huge uproar, and people are aghast at what's happening. Here's this sinful woman with this great teacher. And all this is going on, and then Jesus stops everybody from what they're saying. And this is what he says. Then Jesus turned toward the woman and he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. You have not put oil on my head, a little smudge of oil on my head, but she has poured, she has lavished perfume on my feet. It's a great example of what an extravagant welcome is. Could you imagine going into someone's house and they welcome you in that way? Would that be awesome? It'd be a little awkward probably at this point in time in this culture. Um, could you leave my feet alone? Uh, but let me give you a, a more modern, updated version of this. My wife Donna and I have spent about the last 13 or 14 years on New Year's Eve going to some friend's house. And we spend that, that evening there, and we actually spend the night there um, with uh, about three other couples. And these people have the gift of extravagant welcome. Because we will pull up in their driveway, and as we pull up, the host comes out, and he... he meets us at the car, and he takes Donna's overnight bag. He always leaves me to carry my own, but he takes Donna's overnight bag, which I think is pretty cool, and he carries it in. As we walk behind him up to the porch, he holds the door for us, and we're welcomed by great smells coming from the kitchen, and the hostess who walks around the door where, where she's working the kitchen, she walks from the doorway of the kitchen and greets us with hugs and smiles, and you would have thought, we were like the king and queen because they're just like, I'm so, you know, and, and, and we feel welcome. And then the host takes our bag and, and he walks down the hall and we're, we're taken to our bedroom where we're going to stay. And he puts it on the bed. And, and I notice also on the bed of, of the fresh, crisp, clean linens, there's a, a pile on the corner of the bed of fresh towels that are smelling April fresh and wonderful for our, our showers the next day. And, and as, I, as I scan the room, I see that every photo frame has been changed to pictures of us. They were expecting us 
They wanted us to feel at home. And I kept scanning the room, and there's a little tray with toiletries and little soaps and shampoos and stuff in case we forgot something. A little tray by the bedside with bottles of water and cookies and matching napkins and stuff. I'm lucky if I can match my socks. And these people put that out. Now, did we feel welcome? Absolutely. Did we feel embraced? Oh, yeah. Was it extravagant? Was it above and beyond? You bet. And it was cool. It was very good. So those are a couple examples. And so how do we apply that here? How do we apply that to the church? How do we prepare the church for our guests, for our friends, for the people that we love, for the people that God sends here on Sunday morning? How do we prepare the church? Well, first of all, I would say this. Remember that nowhere in the Bible does the church say as a building. This is a great church, but it, this is even a better church. We're in the church. Every time we read about the church in the, in the New Testament, it has nothing to do with a building or a piece of property. It has to do with the people that gather together. So really it's about how do we prepare ourselves, isn't it? Now, don't get me wrong, this church is prepared, and, and I have, I, I'm in a great spot right now because Don and I are, are still pretty new to Grove City Vineyard. We, we've been here just for a couple months now, and uh, we're just getting fresh, so those memories are fresh in our mind of our, our very first time. And I'll just share with you, it was an awesome experience our first time. I hope you had the same thing. But I remember being greeted at the door with a, a smiling handshake. I remember someone passing me a bulletin as I walked in the sanctuary and smiled and said, good morning. We were greeted by probably no less than a half a dozen people that morning. I noticed that the chairs were ready. There wasn't someone trying to get them all together and the band wasn't trying to get their stuff together. Everything was prepared like they were expecting people. The carpets were clean. The bathrooms clean and smelled nice. And one of the things I noticed was as, we, as I was in the restroom and I'm standing at, the, at the, uh, the basin washing my hands and I noticed the guy standing next to me. Now, this was not a staff member. This is not a custodian. The guy standing next to me after he's done washing his hands, he takes a paper towel and he wipes the sink and the handle and then he kind of gets another paper towel and he looks and there's a little puddle where maybe a, a little kid was there or maybe just a messy adult and, and, and kind of looked like, well, they took a bath or something in the, in the sink and he took a couple extra paper towels and he wiped that. That's cool. That's extravagant welcome. He didn't have to do that. He could have said, that's ah, someone else's job, right? It wasn't my kid that left that mess. But he was preparing the house, wasn't he? Think about what you do when you prepare your house when you have company. I don't know about you, but I was actually talking to, to Harry a couple weeks ago. And we were talking and I said, you know, Donna and I sometimes will say, um, oh, the house needs to be clean. We should invite people for dinner, <laughs> right? Have you ever done, I mean, come on, let's be honest. Have you ever done that before, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. But we prepare our house, don't we? We, we kind of, we put the dishes in the dishwasher or wash them and put them away. We pick up stuff, you know? Uh, usually when I come in, I'm, a, I'm one of those barefoot guys, right? I hate wearing shoes. But when I come in, I like to kick off my shoes right at the door and I leave them there. I know. And uh, so I'll pick those up and put them where they belong. We'll straighten up the furniture, maybe even, you know, run the feather duster a little bit in the vacuum. But we do. We prepare our homes for people. We prepare to receive guests. 
right? And, and granted, if you come over to my house, I probably won't have a tray of cookies with matching napkins, but you will know that you're welcome. And we want people to feel that here, don't we? Don't we, church? I mean, we're, we're in this together, right? It's not about what Pastor Tony or Pastor Tom or any of the staff here do. It's about what we all do together. We are the body. Remember Pastor Tom talked about the body of Christ from 1 Corinthians uh, 12 when he was talking about this, the gifts of the Spirit, how we all work together. Well, we're in this together, folks. So let's talk about preparing the church, preparing ourselves for Sunday morning, okay? First thing, what do you think the first thing that we can do? Before we even show up, what would be the first thing we could do to prepare the church? Anyone? Pray. Give that man a gold star you just made up for uh, before. Absolutely. You, we pray. When was the last time you prayed for Pastor Tom? Maybe you guys are one of those people who do it every week. Kudos. We pray for Pastor Tom. Pastor Tom usually spends Thursday on sermon prep. Did you know that? Cool. Well, maybe on Thursday morning when you wake up and you have your quiet time, you pray for Pastor Tom. You pray for the Holy Spirit to touch him, to fill him, to give him the words for the sermon for that Sunday. I just found out that the the worship team meets every other Thursday night. Well, two for one right there. Thursday, you can pray for Tom, pray for the worship team. And, And even if you don't know which every other Thursday it is, pray every Thursday. They can use it. It's great. Right? We need to pray for each other. That we all come prepared, that we're fertile soil, ready to be planted. We need to pray for our guests who come, that they would feel welcome and loved. I want to tell you a little story real quick about a guy named Tommy. And Tommy was a pastor of a, of a small church. And his uh, wife's brother, his brother-in-law, was a devout atheist. He had drawn the line in the sand. He had planted his feet. He said, Tommy, I know you're a minister or whatever you call that, but I don't want to hear about God. Don't talk to me about Jesus on Thanksgiving. I don't want to hear about it. And, and Tommy and his wife had been praying for him for a long time. And it's funny how God shows up, isn't it? One day, his uh, brother-in-law was coming to town for visit, and he came in on a Saturday night, and as he came in, uh, they went and picked him up at the airport, and Tommy realized that he had left uh, a book that he was working on his sermon through uh, at the church. And he asked his brother-in-law, hey, can we, can we stop by the church and pick up my book? I need it for, for Sunday sermon on the way back from the airport. And he said, well, there's nothing going on there, right? There's not like people going to be there and church stuff going on. Is there? He says, nope, no one's there. It's completely empty. And his brother said, oh, okay, I'm willing to go, whatever. So he did, but what his brother didn't know, what his brother-in-law didn't know, was that earlier that day, in fact, a few months before that, some people in the church felt like they needed to start a ministry, where on Sunday afternoons, they would come to the church, and they would pray for the next day's service, that they would invite the Holy Spirit to start filling that place even earlier than Sunday morning that they would go in between each aisle and touch every seat and pray for the person that would sit there on the next morning. They would go every single seat. They would walk around to every Sunday school room and pray for every child that would be there on Sunday morning. 
They would actually take oil and anoint the doorways. As people would come in, they would feel the Holy Spirit. They would be blessed. And so what his brother-in-law didn't realize was he was walking, he was walking into it. It had been prepared. It was ready for him. So Tommy goes to the door of the church and he unlocks it and graciously opens it up and, and lets his wife go through first like a good husband would. And then he lets his brother-in-law go in next. And there was a God moment right there at the threshold of the church. Because once his second foot hit the inside of that church, that man went down on his knees weeping uncontrollably. Couldn't figure out why. And that night they sat there for two hours on the floor of that church praying. And his brother-in-law got to know Jesus that night because the house was prepared for an extravagant welcome. It doesn't have to be the big thing. I thought, what can we do to make kind of an extravagant welcome for you guys as you came in today? And I thought, you know, we could have like tap dancers with sparklers and balloons and stuff like that. But I don't tap dance, and I don't know a lot of people who do. So, um, But sometimes it's just the little things that are extravagant. And one of the coolest things, one of the best things for me is every time I go on a retreat or a mission trip, or even when I first came up here and, and my wife Donna was still in Cincinnati, there's always a card or a note from her in my luggage. She's awesome. It's those little things, wiping down the sink, picking the, up the gum wrapper that wasn't really mine, but this is our house. Saying hi to someone. Here, here's ready, you ready for this one? This is going to hurt. Sorry, guys. Giving up your favorite chair. Don't throw things. Maybe, maybe you're one of those people who like to sit on the aisle. I'm an aisle sitter, okay? I love sitting on the aisle. Maybe that single mom with the two kids coming down just needs a place to sit that's easy access in case the baby starts crying. And you say, you know what? Would you like to have my seat? Maybe it's parking a little further out so some of our our senior saints can have a closer spot and it's a little easier on them. It's the little things that create the extravagant welcome. And you may be saying to me, well, does it really matter Does it really matter if I wipe down the sink? Eh, you know. Does it really matter if I pick up the gum wrapper? Does it matter if I say hi to two people or ten? And I'm going to tell you this. Absolutely. Absolutely it matters. And I'll tell you why. I'm going to use the words of Jesus here. Hope you don't mind. Last week, Tom preached... And use the words of Jesus where we, he said we should be perfect like the Father is perfect. Do you remember that? And it's not that we're perfect, but it's our love for people is like the love of the Father. And, and it's really all about attitude. And, and later on, Jesus says this on the Sermon on the Mount. He says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. So it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before all men, before everyone, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father 
who is in heaven. Let me read that last line again. If you're wondering if extravagant welcome is important, if, it's, if you're wondering if do I really make a difference, they may see your good deeds and praise, glorify, give all the glory to your Father who is in heaven. Are we, are we letting God shine through us? You know? I hope you are. I, I'll tell you what. I got I to gotta say this. And again, we just, we, we have, I have this great perspective on it because I'm still kind of new. We have been blessed. Donna and I have been blessed with handshakes and hugs and smiles, with casseroles, which has been awesome. We, we've been blessed by an extravagant welcome. And again, if you're new, I hope you're feeling the same thing. And if you've been here for a little, little while, I want to challenge you to think, what am I doing to make an extravagant welcome here, in my home, maybe even in my workplace? What am I doing to create that? And uh, I'm going to ask uh, that the worship team comes back up here. And as they play this last song, what I'd like for us to do is just kind of close our eyes. Because I can speak to you for another 10 minutes if you want, but nobody wants that. But I want you to just close your eyes for a few minutes and let the Holy Spirit talk to you. I would challenge you to open yourself up wide and say, Holy Spirit, come. Speak to me. I want to hear your voice this morning. Tell me what I need to do. Maybe, maybe he's calling you to, to be a greeter or an usher. Maybe he's calling you to be one of the, the people who stand out at Holt Road and, and wave at people as they go by. That excites me. Maybe he's just calling you to say hi to the people that are, that are sitting around you today. Extravagant welcome. Extravagant welcome is about the little things. What's God calling us to do? Let's just close our eyes and allow him to speak to us this morning.